Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with John Clemens, friend and veteran uh, media personality. And we're going to talk cards, hear his story. But first, thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, and Upper Deck, Panini, and Tops. So My welcome goodness. to the show, John. You're no stranger to microphones and headphones with uh, a career in uh, media, but uh, tell us about your, welcome to the show, and tell us about your hobby journey. It, it's been a pleasure. I, you know, I worked for, over the years, I worked for the Durham Bulls, uh, the Rochester Red Wings for four seasons, uh, the Tulsa Drillers, uh, uh, here in Dallas, the Dallas Sidekicks, the uh, Dallas Tycoons, the old ABA, um, and then for 16 years with the Frisco Rough Riders, uh, just north of here, and it's been a pleasure because I've been able to do not only uh, public address announcing for the Rough Riders, but also uh, ambassador. With the, I'm, I'm sort of like the, the Tommy Lasorda of minor league baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I solve problems. I'm the ambassador. I go around and, and mingle with the fans, and it's been a pleasure to do that. But uh, do you br how much do you bring your, your uh, collecting passion to that? Uh, each, each step along the way, I have been able to either collect cards or collect autographs, or collect baseballs um, on uh, different occasions and special events and bobbleheads. Every step of the way, through every team I've ever worked for, it's always been that close association with the players where you sort of want their autograph and ask them for their autograph, but sometimes just let it be known that that's what you want to do. And, and that, that's the pleasure about working in sports, working in baseball, working in indoor soccer, working uh, now with the Frisco Rough Riders, um, if we would ever have a baseball season. Uh, but have, so. that so. have that opportunity, you know, to, to be closely associated. And, you know, sometimes your past catches up to you. Back in 1981, the Rochester Red Wings played the, the, the uh, Paul Tuckett Red Sox. And there was a game in Paul Tuckett that went 33 innings. And in that game, Steve Luber pitched for the Red Wings. And I ran into him. He was a pitching coach with the Frisco Rough Riders. Ran into him again decades later. And he used to say how he used to uh, pitch a short relief in that game. He went eight and a half innings. <laughs> well, that was a, a momentous thing. And you had the, the pleasure, uh, I guess it's the pleasure of being there. It probably was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty much a whipping when, when you're there and the game goes on and on and on. Um, it, it, was, it was very exciting. I, what I did for that game, um, because the, you know, minor league baseball is tough. And financially, it's, it's, it's a really difficult time. So when the team went on the road, like they did with Paul Tuckett, they had the general manager, Bob Drew, and one of the disabled players um, do the cover. So Bob Drew would do the play-by-play. -play. My job back in Rochester was to do the pregame show, the in-between inning show, and then the, uh, the wrap-up show. So, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a pleasure. I got in the Baseball Hall of Fame because of all the things we donated from that game to the, uh, to the Cooperstown operation. <laughs> you know, that's the only way I'm going to get into Cooperstown. Well, it's uh, it's I, I I could say the same thing. I'm not I'm not a member of the Hall of Fame, but they said my my name is in there. Your name is in there, and that's a that's 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 a real treat. What uh, so on your journey, which has been a lot minor league baseball, you've probably had it. Is your collecting interest based on uh, players that you've uh, uh, personally seen, or, or are you a set collector? I mean, what what's uh, what what drives your collecting interest, given that you've had this hobby journey? that's involved a lot of stops along the way. You know, um, individual, the whole thing is individually, what my taste is, what the taste is of a, of a fellow collector. Uh, you can collect by, by teams, by errors. I remember completing the 1969 set 
that I sold and helped pay for my daughter's uh, uh, wedding. Uh, you can collect individual players, uh, only the new stuff that's coming out there. Uh, and mistake cards. Uh, you can, you know, collect cards that have got misspelled names, um, bats on the wrong shoulder or swinging away um, with a with a, a different bat. Um, I know there's a Frank uh, Thomas card, a 1990 card that's out there that's got no name on it. Uh, one of the sets that I'm trying to complete is a 1957 set, and it's got uh, Hank Aaron as a left-handed hitter. Uh, only because of the reverse negative on on the tops when they when they did the uh, the printing, but you can collect you know box cards, you can collect uh, baseball coins, mail order cards from like post serial. I collected uh, there's only six or eight cards in the whole uh, opportunity there. Tobacco cards when the Rochester Broncos played in the played a major league team back in the early 1900s. I collected those cards. Or, or, or and another thing too that I do, Jim, that I really enjoy. I collected cards just as a, like a sub collection of, uh, of ball players who were born in Rochester, New York. So I've got like Bob Keegan, I've got uh, uh, Johnny Antonelli, uh, people like that, that means so much to me, but you know, there's, it's not a very hot market for people like Bob Keegan fans or Johnny Antonelli, but, but I collected them and I, I thoroughly enjoy them. Both those guys had, uh, had some amazing career highlights. I mean, they're, they, they're uh, maybe forgot. Didn't Bob Keegan have a no hitter? Oh yeah, Bob Keegan had a no hitter. And one thing I remember about Johnny Antonelli, he was one of the first bonus babies signed. Yeah. He got, a, I think it was $110,000. That was obscene back then when he signed on um, with his signing bonus. You know, nobody, nobody's worth that much money. Now, you know, ballplayers make that in a week. Yeah. Well, there's also John Antonelli. He wasn't yeah. even the first John, John Antonelli. <laughs> it, it, oh, but, it, it, but probably it, it, a better one. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. He was the better John Antonelli. The Johnny Antonelli I remember from the 50s. Uh, yeah. But so you, it sounds like you have pretty eclectic uh, collecting interests. It's, you know, our mutual friend, uh, Rich Klein, uh, you know, we, we both know him and it's kind of the way he looks at it. He, so are you, are your collecting interests that varied? Oh or, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I'm trying to complete the night. My bucket list is a 1957 set, um, but there's so many star cards in there that, you know, they're really high priced. So the only way I'm going to get them is, is, uh, is with a trade or, or, or developing something else that I could use, you know, because some of the money, you know, you're talking about thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, well, I, I haven't, uh, you know, we haven't explored this, you know, our listeners know these are kind of unscripted uh, interviews, but as you're talking, I'm realizing that uh, I, I have pretty much restricted myself to being a two-dimensional collector. That means I'm, I, I'm really looking at cards. I, I, I've gotten, I've, you know, kind of uh, sold off or given away most of the three-dimensional stuff, but it sounds to me like you have some balance in your collecting that you have uh, some cards, but you have a lot of these three-dimensional, you know, balls and bobbleheads and things like that. Is that what you're, cons do you try to balance that out or would, for in my case, I would be using those bobbleheads to trade for the 57 tops that I needed to complete my set. So we're, oh, yeah, we're that, that's that. part of the master plan. That, that's just part of things I want to, I want to do. But, you know, for example, like I got Gene Green cards from uh, his days with the uh, St. Louis uh, Cardinals only because, I mean, this may sound strange as a kid, uh, Rochester had uh, the parent club was the St. Louis Cardinals and Gene Green was there either rehab or, or something of that nature. But I used to watch this ball player from the St. Louis Cardinals run at the base of the stadium at Silver Stadium in Rochester, New York, at the very bottom and run all the way to the top and then run all the way down and repeat that time and time again. And as a kid, I remember walking up to him and just mustering up enough nerve to just say, Mr. Green, what, why do you do that? And his quote was, when your legs give out, it's all over with. <laughs> <laughs> now, now at my age, I totally understand what he means with that. 
Well, I mean, basically, you know, Gene Green was not uh, a major leaguer of, of a great distinction, but it just shows that the, the price that these players uh, pay along the way to, to, to get in shape, to be in shape, and uh, even though they're, they're uh, in, in most cases, extremely gifted, it's still a lot of hard work. And when you're in the minor leagues uh, and, and uh, doing some of the stuff you were doing, you're seeing this behind-the-scenes stuff where these, these players really uh, paid their dues. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That you know that was the the one big thing. Um, one of my first uh, adult uh, trading uh, partners uh, that I had was a guy by the name of Bill Seatech, and he he taught at a Monroe Community College in Rochester, New York. And he would teach his students um, uh, batting uh, math by using batting averages, calculating one one uh, one loss records, uh, fielding percentages, things of that nature. And I I was always impressed by the fact that you could learn so much from the back of a baseball card. Uh, it was a pleasure working with him, and he was my first adult trading partner. What about minor league cards? You know, we really haven't talked about that on uh, on this uh, on this show. I've got a bunch of minor league cards. They're they're not uh, you know, except for a few exceptions, they're not really that much in vogue. They're limited production, but uh, along the way, you you mentioned uh, you know that early um, Rochester set from a hundred years ago. But uh, have you picked up minor league sets along the way? Is that other trading bait that you have? Yeah, no, I've, I've picked up. In fact, sometimes I enjoy the minor league cards more than I do the, the, the major league cards because, you know, they are pre-rookie cards. You know, um, the, the, uh, the Cal Ripken card that I have from the Rochester Red Wings, uh, I, you know, I enjoy that. Uh, and then the story, you know, and I'm sure you're familiar with this with some of your listeners, the Charlotte Orioles uh, baseball card uh, of Cal Ripken in 1980, right. uh, it, it was one that when they were playing the, uh, the Nashville Sounds, they had a card giveaway at Crockett Memorial Stadium, uh, which is a double-A baseball uh, affiliate of the Orioles back then in the Southern League. And uh, one of the TV stations had, um, I think it was WBTV, gave away cards to kids 14 and under. And, and what they did was that the, the attendance that night was not that big. So they had all these leftover uh, Cal Ripken cards that were pre-pre-rookie uh, cards. And they threw so many of them away. They put them in a shopping cart and just wheeled them out to the dumpster. And there they went into the into the dumpsters and from a shopping cart. Uh, in fact, he, that set, Jim, you would like this. His name was even misspelled on that. Uh, R-I-P-K-I-N um, for Cal Ripken. But then they had a fire. And then it, that story goes on. They had a fire at that stadium in 1985. And whatever cards they had left were all burned up. So um, those cards with Cal Ripken on them which is a pre-pre, you know, he was in the Southern League, double, uh, double A Southern League, are, are the high premium, were thousands of dollars. And because they're, they were blue bordered, um, right. if they're blue bordered, if they gave away at the stadium, and then when the Charlotte Police Department used to hand them out to kids, wherever they spoke, they were red bordered. So it well, didn't hold up very well. More orangish. It's more uh -huh. orangish, but yeah. it's more orange. But no, that's a great, uh, th those are great cards. I mean, the set is a great set, but the Ripken is the, is the, is the key card. And that's uh, one of the questions I had for you and uh, on your hobby journey. Uh, did you bump into players along the way when they're, again, in these minor league situations, they're, they're generally much more approachable. Uh, were very many of them collectors that you could uh, strike up a conversation about collecting before they hit it big? I, I think a lot of them, they're too close to the, to the subject. Could you imagine what some teammates of, you know, some of the greats of baseball, what, what they could have collected and what, and what they could have asked for in autographs. Um, but, but not very many, you know, talk about um, collecting cards. Uh, I know uh, CJ Hinch, or uh, Hinch with, uh, formerly with, uh, with the Houston Astros, he was a big collector of uh, memorabilia. 
you know, there's a guy, former former major league manager, got to be awfully close with the ball players. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're pretty much out of time, John. I thank you. Uh, we'll. Uh, I'd like to get you back on the show and uh, talk about some of your, uh, you know, other experiences. And uh, it's been a real pleasure going down memory lane with you. And uh, we, we share some of those, that same vintage and those same uh, memories. But uh, thanks, listeners. Thanks, John Clemens. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The